friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. Welcome back to our White Magic series, Jen. Last time we talked about the origins of White Magic, Today, we are exploring the modern version of white magic as we discuss uh, the white mage job quest through level 50. White mage has been one of the classic Final Fantasy jobs going back to the original number one and has been a series mainstay since then. In 14, the job is unsurprisingly a healer. Arguably, they are the most straightforward of them with spells focused on healing and regeneration. There's actually not a single damage mitigation or buff spell in the list at level 50. It's all about healing and a little bit of damage. But the job is very good at healing, especially with having both single target and group health regen spells, which don't have any cooldowns. So you can use those as long as your MP supports. Though Medica 2 will tap out your MP if you spam it too much. Mm-hmm. Offense-wise, you've got three options. Stone is the crowd favorite single target damage spell. Arrow, as in the air, not as in like a thing you shoot from a bow, is an instant cast damage over time spell. It's good to keep on enemies if you can. Even in group pulls, I like to drop it on enemies while I'm chasing the tank around. And then I'll switch to healing once the tank stops pulling and starts fighting. Exactly. Finally, there's holy. This is an extremely powerful area of attack damage and stun which is as good as healing because until the enemies gain stun resistance, they can't damage your party while stunned. Uh, Same difference. Yeah. So on to the story. As we may recall from last time, in the wake of the Calamity of Water, white magic was forbidden the world over. Its excessive use by the Amdipori, whether justified or not, had tainted its reputation in the eyes of both people and the elementals. The city of Amdapur was sealed up by the Elementals until just recently when the seal was broken by the Seventh Calamity. However, 500 years ago, the Elementals allowed the Pajal to begin practicing white magic, and so they are entrusted with using it responsibly. And as we learn in this questline, they do not permit anyone that is not a Pajal to use white magic, period. For anyone needing a refresh, the Pajals are the bridge between the Gradanians and the Elementals, marked by horns and perpetual youth. They are taken from their families and raised to be the leaders of Gradania. So I have come up dry in my fervent attempts to figure out why the Elementals allowed white magic to come back in the first place. With the known timeline, the Pajals adopted white magic well before the reopening of Amdapur. So it's not like it leaked out or something and they had to do some damage control. This is not tied, as far as I can tell, to like an external trigger. But what we do know, though, is that the elementals are self-serving. If they gave the Pajals this ability, it would probably benefit them or the Black Shroud in some way. Which it does. Gordania's founding is right after when the elementals allowed the people of Gelmora to come from the underground and to live in the forest, which was 500 and change years ago. 
And then the first Pajal appeared shortly after the accord between the Gelimorans and the Elementals. So it seems like this sharing of white magic with the Pajals might have been right around the time the first Pajal appeared. As in, here's your special magic that you get to use because you are touched by us, the Elementals. I yeah, I don't know. It it, it makes it makes sense. Well, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um, like the Elementals have to employ Pajals, uh, armed with white magic, to talk them off the ledge at some point in the future. When the Elementals get mad, the Pajals have to step in, do their placating, and then, you know, that's essentially what they're using white magic for yeah um i do want to dissect that kind of concept after we're done with the story maybe we found a a big plot hole or something i i I guess the whole thing is weird (laughs) frankly i I don't know if it's a plot hole so much as it being kind of confounding in general either way though more on that later on so um let's get to learning white magic so um uh back at the conjurer's guild uh isumian has uh a, a new thing for us to do um the elder seed seers siblings rea osena and arun senna they're currently making their way to evershade uh, to perform the quieting and this is a ritual that placates the great one when uh they get a little uh intense so it's a ne- it's a necessary ritual performed when the cumulative effects of our warring and general destruction of the land have caused the great one to stir and release its ire into the Twelve's wood at large. So the fate of Gridania, it just it hangs in the balance here. If we don't quiet the Great One, everything is everything's done. So um, while their abilities, uh, Rhea O and Arun, as white magi are not in question here, uh, it's their physical safety while making the journey uh, in an angered wood, and uh, hence Isumi's request. So right now we're just we're in adventurer mode. We're there to protect them while they do the ritual. Yeah. So we head to the Evershade, which is the home to the Guardian Tree, said to be the oldest tree in the Shroud. We find the pair of siblings by the banks of the river that runs from the Guardian Tree. We talked about these siblings briefly last time. This, of course, is Rhea Osena and Arun Senna. They are on the younger spectrum of the young Pajals. Actually, I feel like besides his height, Isumiyan actually looks like a shorter version of a mature person even. And like we said beforehand, Kani Sena looks like a late teen. These two look like they are tweens, or in Arun's case, pre-puberty. Yeah, uh, Rea O, she looks to be about 15, 16. Arun looks maybe like 11, 12. So we have these two um, siblings. They are, of course, um, Kani Sena's siblings. They all have auburn hair. Arun's got that rock and bull cut. They're, I mean, they're really leaning into the fact that they will never grow old. Like, they're, they're, their physical appearance yep. will always, like, so, I mean, like, pigtails and bull cuts. And, yeah, let's, let's absolutely lean into the fact and, and help people not respect us by looking at us. Also, they, they you know, they're wearing, like, almost, like, school uniform, uniforms. Um, these little short coats and the shorts, like, little shorts. And um, the coat that Arun wears, it looks like it's too big for him. The Gordanian version of Forever 21 is Forever 12. Ew. I, I don't know. Like, if I were, you know, 175 years old or whatever, and, you know, I was constantly 
interacting with people who saw me as 15 years old and not for my my true age i don't maybe that's just not a thing you know maybe the fact that they're pajal is enough for people to be like oh i gotcha well you, you can wear whatever you want here's a weird thing jen the encyclopedia which granted this is from the relatively early days of 14's lifespan but it says that um raya is worried that she will never be married who says that where the encyclopedia does ew is that even an option? I didn't think so. No. I, I assumed that Pajals were out of the whole dating circle period. Do, are they only able to date other Pajals? I, you know, that doesn't make any sense. I have no idea because Pajals are not like a um, reproducing subspecies. No, they, they, they just are, appear. Yeah, normal people will become Pajals. They'll be like anointed as Pajals. But it's not like a Pajal and a Pajal make a, a baby Pajal. No. I mean, so, thank God, because it would be incest. I have no fucking clue. It, it might be something that just got missed by editing because we've never, I think, ever seen any reference to romance, period, amongst the Pajals. And, and really amongst, like, a lot of characters. Like, that's not a thing. Like, nobody nobody is in a, is in, is in a partnership in any way. There might be, like, a, a random NPC in a special seasonal event, you know, that, you know, has, like, a, a, a boyfriend you know the concept of like marriage and romance and dating is just it's just not a fucking yeah, thing yeah it's really weird because there are a lot of like player outfits that are very sexual in this game but as far as the game itself goes it's fairly sexless very much so it's also weird i guess that there's so many salacious glamours out there but there's nothing of the sort in the story like it's kind of like a weird mismatch in a way yeah. So I guess the Pajals, as they are portrayed, are no more romance-less than most characters, aside from a few rando NPCs, like Jin was saying. So there's not really any, I guess, counter-evidence that they don't get it on, but also it's it's weird to think about, honestly. And they just seem like, in terms of their culture, like they wouldn't be engaging in that kind of frivolity. Too. Yeah, the, the, the fact that they that's something that they desire at all was surprising. Well, again, like, this is this is a note in Raya's bio. Maybe someone stuck it in there and nobody caught it or whatever. And it's not like really in the mindset of the writers. I don't really know. I just thought it was an odd finding. Yeah. Yeah. But it does connect to something that happens later on. So weird. It does? Yeah. It's it's pretty fucked up in my what? opinion. It, we'll, we'll get to it. It's like you mean it's, in, it's, in it's the first line. Yeah. It's the beginning of the level uh, 45. Oh, okay. Oh, I look forward to that, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's... I, I didn't catch that, but I'm, I look forward to seeing or hearing what you, you found. Yeah, it's not good. Okay, great. So anyway, Raya is the middle sibling and she acts like it. Her personality is very much the, the mediator. Well, yeah, she's she's the, the older, quote unquote. Well, she's the middle kid. And she is said to be less sensitive to the elementals than the other Pajals. Conversely, though, Arun, the youngest sibling got all of the elemental hearing powers. He is more at ease with them than he is with people? other people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we find them on the banks of this river, and they're looking at the guardian tree from a distance. There are evidently some ghastly creatures present. Raya O is wishing that they'd brought along an escort and proposes they turn back to grab some wood whalers, but then we arrive. Yay. She's like... You know, Isumi is always a little overbearing and a little overprotective, but he made the right decision this time. Okay, so can she asked that we go ahead and get these little beasties out of the way so they can do their thing. 
Arun, though, doesn't want anything to do with this. He doesn't need help from anyone. The almighty Seed Seers can handle any threat. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, seed Seers. Or, uh, we're seed Seers. Uh, those creatures are no match for, for us. Like, I think we're a little better than having to rely on a random adventurer for protection. And Rhea O was like, stop it. This is ridiculous. We have a duty to perform. A duty that takes precedence over your silly notions of pride. She is sick of his shit, and she sends us into battle. We fight like a, a mini, mini boss, a Bane might, and then a handful of enraged animals. No big deal. And once the battle is over, though, we all stand before the guardian tree. It pulses. A light shines from within it, and a small white stone floats out of it into our hand. Uh, this is a, a soul crystal. And this particular soul crystal is the inherited knowledge of uh, Ottawa Kent, uh, like the, the greatest white mage that ever lived, essentially. So we have been chosen, apparently. Raya thinks that their forefather, Ottawa, uh, led us here today, that this was kind of manipulated by him from beyond because um, he's, he's dead. Even though the knowledge in the soul crystal is forbidden to any besides Pajal's, we were given this by either the tree or by Atoa, and so we have been chosen for this role despite not being, of course, a Pajal. Also, tradition dictates that this ritual of quieting be performed by three white mages. There are only two. They say something about Connie Senna being the third normally, but she's busy. She's busy. So she can't do it. They even were like, though- we could do it ourselves right this becomes an existential threat to the 12s will later on and you think that she could they could grab connie Pull her away for 30 fucking seconds right but no <laughs> that's a plot hole jen right there yeah. <laughs> regardless a rune is pissed though the elementals say only pajals cast white magic period this is forbidden this is outside of tradition raya o starts arguing that this is meant to be they have a back and forth, then Arun runs off like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And Raya invites us down to Camp Tranquil in South Shroud for further discussion. Yeah, she's like, let's let's have a conversation away from Arun. Uh, this is when she formally introduces herself because, you know, she didn't know our name. We didn't, we've never met. And she gives us some background on Ottawa. Again, one of the most powerful white mages to exist. He himself subverted tradition uh, by leaving the Twelves Wood and wandering the realm, healing the land and its people when needed. And he died before he could return to the Twelves Wood and never took any apprentices. And so they feared that his knowledge was just lost to eternity. Until today. Atoa was an eccentric, even in his day, and became essentially a Pajal adventurer practicing as a wandering healer across the lands. It was his philosophy that to protect the Twelves Wood, he had to cure the ailments outside of its borders too, and so he left. Rhea-O, she believes it is Atua's wish that we, as a non-Pajali white mage, perform the ritual with her and Arun. But we're super not even close to being ready for this thing. We have to train... And we have to do it quickly because the forest is mad. However, she still can't teach us any white magic for super secret reasons. All will be revealed in time. Is that ever revealed? Yes. She can't teach it to us because... 
It's because it's forbidden. Um, the secret history of white magic is why she can't teach us. We have to go forth now and learn the art of communing with elementals. So we're not going to go practice white magic. We have to go learn how to commune, which is our role now. The soul crystal, of course, will teach us the arts itself. Maybe this is like a legal thing where she's forbidden from teaching us, yeah, but she knows that we'll loophole. learn. Yeah, Here's the soul crystal. It's teaching you, not me. I'm good. Yep. Raya says that the communing with elementals is the foundation of our art and the means by which we preserve the harmony between the forest and the people. And this is a blatant mistruth. I don't know how much of this is her being uninformed or her trying to keep us in the dark. White magic has nothing to do with the elementals in its origin. So yeah, th this is a weird statement. Um, someone someone I is being kept in the dark here. Um, I, as far as like her role in the world we live in now, as a Bajal armed with white magic, that is the foundation of her job. Sure, but I guess I would call the art white magic in this case. What is she calling it? She she calls it the foundation of our art. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Okay, I did, but you are, of course, free to um, <laughs> give her a pass. Thank you. So one of the things she can have us do to practice is uh, she sends us to a tree in Sorrel Haven that has been ravaged, you know, by anger, uh, and we're to commune with it and heal with it. And if our heart is true, we will eventually reach the angry elemental within and tell it to be quiet. And she tells us, be sure to not let anger and fear overwhelm you. Uh, and I quote, uh, as practitioners of white magic, the magic of succor and solace, such emotions are anathema to our very existence. We head to the tree. It is indeed very angry. Uh, it sends a few water sprites to take us down, which doesn't work. And uh, we quiet the tree. And we go back to Rio to tell her that we're super good at what we do. And um, she says, you know, the trees are the elementals. The elementals are the trees. And surely we felt this connection when we healed it. Going on and on, I guess, about, you know, the elementals. And their their whole purpose is, uh, maybe not purpose, but all they really want is to maintain harmony they will do everything they can to to do that and they will violently expunge anything that threatens the harmony and you know as a people pleaser this resonates but so ottawa can't he was the last person to perform the quieting so it's been some centuries since they've had to do this um this isn't like once a year this is or at least i don't know it's I guess it, I guess it varies but yeah it's been hundreds of years since it's had to be had to be done and Rhea O is kind of like you know, what's going on now? Like, what is happening now? Why is, why are things wrong all of a sudden? You know, we don't, we don't know right now, but as mages of the white, it's our duty to restore harmony. So regardless of race or nation, you know, we should be able to contribute. And Arun is still like, nah, because you're not a bajal. Raya leaves us to go level up while she tries to figure out a way to win over Arun. Um, I've got to say though, Jen, this is not helping me with my elementals kind of suck bias. Yeah. What what is their role in the story here exactly? They, they are are being baby needs their bottle. Yes. We we have to give them a special little elemental song and elemental dance so they calm the fuck down. Yeah. Like they're it reminds me of in a regular show there was like that council of little babies. Yeah. So they were like all powerful but they also like couldn't walk, you know? 
That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> we are led to believe that these elementals were around since time immemorial. And they only allowed the Gelmorans, essentially humanity in general, into the Black Shroud in the past 500 years. So how exactly do they take care of their tantrums before? Did they, did they need maybe a babysitter? Maybe they didn't have any. Maybe, maybe everything was just like super good. And then everybody started like warring with each other and moving around well, and we, disrupting their shit. Well, we know that war was not invented 500 years ago. No, no, no. <laughs> so. But like the, the Twelveswood was basically like, you know, what was, what was going on in there? Well, um, the Emdapur. Yeah, the, the whole war or the Magi happened outside. Yeah, so outside. It's, just, it's constantly in flux. And multiple calamities as well. And they well. still haven't figured it out. I, I Yeah, so like, again, the, the point being though, flux is not new. The Twelves Wood has been endangered beforehand. Recent problems are not the first time any shit has happened in or around the Twelves Wood. And again, there have been seven calamities, which are huge ethereal eruptions across the world. So... Why now do they need their little baby blankie from the Pajals who also did not exist before 500 years ago? It's, it's real weird. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like they've been written as a problem to solve without any consideration for what they are. Because this cannot be the best version of this mysterious forest spirit that is all-powerful within its domain and tempestuous. This cannot be the best they can do to give them personality. Uh, yeah, like, do they have sentience? Like, you know, are they able to, like, sit down in a room and have a talk with uh, local leaders? Like, okay, all right, so the etheric balance is a little off, guys, so... Let's let's brainstorm a little bit. How do we want to do it? Like that's not that's they, not happening. They it's are like definitely sentient. There's no well, yeah, question. But they're, they, but they're they're not really operating like proactively. They're just they're like we get mad sometimes and we don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Unless it's like in it's like destroying a town and, and closing it off forever. Then they can make decisions and be actually active participants in maintaining harmony as opposed to just getting mad and stewing. Yeah, but there also were not towns in the forest before then. The the Ixal were here at some point as well. So maybe the Ixal also had a similar role before they got kicked out. But still, I'm assuming that the elementals predate the Ixal as well. Yeah. So why is this a problem that needs solving? Could they not take care of their shit before mortals came along to babysit them? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're just like any other, like a god almost. You know, they're um, they're selective, they're petty, they're capricious, immature in a lot of ways. Uh, they they need service in it. So, like, who wants to live under that side of sort of threat of, of somebody who can't regulate their own emotions? I guess um, that's what we're dealing with, and like that's the only way I can kind of give a pass to how they behave at all. Is just that essentially they're like fey folk. Like, like fuck it. They'll do whatever they do. We do get... They are a lot cooler than this. Yeah. They're... Yeah, they're they're unpredictable and it's I, not great. I, I'd argue they are predictable, honestly, because <laughs> they, they just need their, their, their little ritual to calm down. Like, that, yeah. that's it. Th they have one role in the story, and that is to give the conjurers and now the white mages something to do in, in terms of the way they are used in the game's story. Yeah. I, it's just like... All right, we, we, like, typically we're pretty good at, at regulating ourselves, except now that there are so fucking many of you in the Twelveswood, 
I think we're going to need a little help. Uh, yeah, you might need to, like, take us out and, and do shots with us every once in a while because we're going to watch what you guys are doing and it's going to make us pissed off. So, I mean, I, you know. That, that could be the case, but um, it's not presented as such. No, no, no. So, I mean. We, we just, it's presented as this is just the way it is. Deal with it. That that is a theory that could work. To me, it's not very satisfying. Like well, what you know, it comes we're, down we're, to, we're going to get to a point where our like our sorrow and our anger is going to. We're going to get to a point where we're just we're going to want to like drown all y'all like again. So um, that doesn't really work well for anybody. So let's just try to nip that in the bud. If we have, we can outsource some of that to the Pajal, like, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess that's something we have to do. That is a compatible theory with the story, but I think my issue ultimately is that the way that it turns into story and gameplay that we experience is wholly unsatisfying to me. Because what it turns into is that we have to click on some trees and then fight some animals, and then we're good. Yeah, yeah. And for a great one, can the other elementals not... Like, I, yeah, none of it, none of it really sits well. Frankly, the way that they coach us about these these elementals feels like you have to bring your like racist drunk grandpa his dinner or something in the other room basically like yeah. just give him his food and, and walk away don't say anything that makes him upset do not mention your trip to the holocaust museum <laughs> anyway um moving on so uh we return after leveling up and raya's efforts have backfired a rune is now so determined to shut us out of this business that he's going to placate every single unhappy elemental himself Raya sees this going badly, so asks us to help. Yeah, and she asks us if she could do it, but, you know, it's it's gonna <laughs> go go much farther if it's, you know, the random adventurer, quote-unquote, who goes in and saves him from himself, and we can display our, uh, our fucking rad abilities in front of him, and, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a good idea. So heading to head to the Bramble Patch, we find Arun, and he's he's already just very tired. He can't. He's not able to to do it himself, surprisingly. Um, and he's still he's just still very obstinate. And he's like, "You go back to Rhea and you tell her everything's fine, and I am fine." <laughs> no, sir. So we are we get some more sprites sicked upon us. We got wind sprites, lightning sprites. So we we take care of them. We heal the tree. And Arun is like, whatever, beginner's like, you know, uh, be less of a stereotype. That's when Rhea O, who followed us both, uh, shows up and she's like, you don't believe what you're saying. Okay. And she kind of gives him a dressing down, you know, a little, a little, a gentle admonishment, I guess, um, of his attitude and his prejudice. While he is in some ways still a child, deep down, uh, deep down, she knows that he is not a food. That is how I typed that. What? <laughs> uh, you know, deep fool, down she knows. I assume, yes, right? Okay. she's not. He is. He's not a fool. Deep down, he understands the gravity of the situation, and there is is a greater calling than fighting the letter of tradition. And Arun is taken aback, but he concedes and he walks away dejectedly. Wah, wah. Sister's right. Wah, wah. After this, we go back to South Shroud again, and now. Raya finally will give us the inside story on why she couldn't tell us about white magic beforehand. So she gives us a pretty cursory overview of the War of the Magi and the ill effects of both white and black magic. She does say that white and black are two sides of the same coin, and both can be abused to equally disastrous effect. 
which is why both were forbidden. Um, and only Pajals were entrusted with the art of white magic. She doesn't say how they were taught it. Maybe some of the Amdapori had died in the Twelve's Wood and the Elementals knew where their soul stones were or something like that. Um, but she says that the Pajal were entrusted as the shepherds of white magic and they are the ones that are most able to use it responsibly. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we got to call them that guardian tree, so go level up. When we return, it is now time for us to learn the quieting. It's the same thing as the rituals that we've done so far, but for a bigger and angrier elemental. And for these ceremonies, the Pajal don a special garb that helps gird them against the Great One's energies, which means it's time for our artifact armor quest. Yay! When Atoakant passed away, his ashes were divided into several urns and they were left across the lands as a tribute to his wanderlust. In the worst places possible. <laughs> Raya does say these were nicer back in his day. <laughs> but um, we have to go to the Serpent's Tongue in western Lanosha, the Tangle in Mordona, and Raoban's Push in northern Thanalan. We are given a set of plain white mage garb, which is unenchanted, and praying at these places will imbue it with Atoa's magic. Yes. So we go and we slash pray, and then we get our playing garb powered up in its respective pieces. I am very glad that we unlocked flight before doing this, Jen, because mm -hmm. this was a huge pain in the ass. These are some of the worst located artifact armor locations in the game. Yeah, I and doing this with Otis did not have flight, so I had a... This took a while. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. These are in enemy dense areas too. In the North Shroud one, especially in a, in a second, it's like in the middle of a million fucking guys that you have to kill before you can click on the thing. Where was that one? That's the one that's in um, the place with the dull hands. Oh, this is a Hagen. No, no, no. That's We haven't gotten there yet. You know, that's the fourth one. Yeah. But yeah, no, the one in the Serpent's Tongue, which is the Hagen, the Sahagan area. Yeah, also uh, terrible. That one's fucked up. Yep. <laughs> um, the easiest one was actually um, Rabon's Push. Yeah, for sure. You can just scooch along the uh, the rock face. and It's near the good. either right, too. Yeah. So these sites are marked with little mossy stones. They are called Epitaphs, Fluidity, Philosophy, and Discovery. After doing those three, we go back to Raya. She tells us that Atoa died in Kobold territory, reputedly, around the mountains of Ogamoro. One of his disciples searched for him, fighting off hordes of kobolds, and eventually found Atoa's body. His staff, though, was lost, called Thyrus. Anyway, though, the white mage apprentice fought hordes more kobolds to bring him back. Seems kind of violent for a white magic, but whatever. This Kobold is... Kobolds aren't people. Wow. It comes out, Jen. Yeah. No, I'm just saying... I, I'm not saying that because that's what I believe. I'm saying that because that's what they believed. Yes, I understand. And it's sadly true. I feel like the game itself didn't think that Beastmen were people for a while. Anyway, this backstory has nothing to do with the final step, which is North Shroud by Proud Creek. If we keep our intentions pure, the healer's robe shall be ours. But we know as having played all the job quests that we do not get the chest piece at level 45, so something will go awry, and it does. The Shrine of Infancy has been defiled, and the contents stolen. This Getting to this place becomes a lot easier when you realize that the Dullahans are, um, they will sense you by hearing. So if you walk, you're going to have a much better time. Anyway, that's the that's the pro tip. So Reo is horrified to learn that um, the 
remains of a Pajal have been stolen. This is this like this is an escalation. Uh, this is very bad. So she's gonna check that out. And meanwhile, our our final destination in our pilgrimage is uh, near the Ogamoro dig site. She says that she'll put her best Moogles on the job. Raya has a couple of Moogle buddies that she hangs out with. And if you talk to them, they tell you that she was a nightmare when she was a child. She has mellowed out some in her older age. I feel like she's mellowed out a fucking lot. We yes. have never seen anything related to like uncontrolled rage coming from her. Anyway, but she this is this is, is where a bit we feisty, get... at least to her brother. Yeah, but in a good way. I mean, like, look what she has to deal with. <laughs> this fucking guy. It's justified. And also, they're still, I think, relatively young. So, anyway, so Rio has quote. She's you know put her best Moogle on the investigation into who stole Atwa's remains, and she's talking to us, and she basically well, makes we, like we a go fi- to we go to Ogamoro. We pray at the shrine. This is the epitaph to Expiry. And then we get our headpiece. Then we return. Uh, yeah. So um, on our return, this is, you know, Rhea O has actually got some uh, news for us, or at least one of her Moogles does. And she's like, you know, they're they're going to they're going to find this. And if they don't, she makes like a vague threat of physical violence. Uh, you know, if they value that little pom pom on their head, then they'll come back with information like this exchange, which is like literally two text bubbles or whatever, was very disturbing to me. And that's like, it's <laughs> it's the whole it's the whole quest for this level. Um, we talked to Rhea O. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna um disfigure and maim one of my Moogles if he doesn't come up with information. And then you talk to the Moogle next to her. This is Koopsha Koopa, and he suggests that her temper is why she's going to die alone. So that's what the, the mar- fuck? that's the marriage tie-in. So yeah. okay, you're right, Jen. So there is an in-game reference, at least an allusion to her marriage plans. Yeah, like this is this is probably why she's unspoken for. He says is because she has a temper. Oh, oh God, you're not married by 160. Well, spinster life for you. She is actually very Moogle young, lady. Yeah, she she is like in her 20s, I think, in terms of her actual age. Like like as a pajal, she's. Only 20 years old, as opposed to Isumi, who is like 225 years old. 20-something, yes. Oh, my God. That's super young. Yeah. All right. Weird. Anyway, um, I thought that was horrifying. Did not like it. Uh, (laughs) So we go to see the other Moogle that's been spying on some red bellies. His name is Pugnopoki. And he's hiding out in an enormous hollowed-out tree trunk. This This is an amazing, like, fort. So cool. They are definitely the thieves. He saw the urn. They loaded it up onto some gross old cart. How disrespectful. We can now go in and smack some bitches and get the urn back. The red bellies here, they're the poacher band that we've run across beforehand. Um, it's not really explained as to why they... It is. Stole, is it? Or, or why they why they stole it. I think when we, when we check back in with Rhea O after we get it back... Basically, the Great One is so mad and the forest is so, so distraught and fucked up that it's like that is it is pervasive. It is affecting everybody living in the woods. So it's making people act out. It's making animals act out. So the Red Bellies probably would never do that, except for some reason they're everybody's feeling like on edge and, okay. and kind of out of sorts. And like that's that's the only theory she could say, because like normally they would never. Yeah, like, that's, it's, you know, they're stupid poachers. Who cares? Um, but like we're all suffering under the oppressive atmosphere now. That's a very long quest step. 
Yeah. Um, so we are dismissed at last. She's going to work with Arun on how to deal with this missing chest piece issue because we cannot enchant the chest piece with Atoa's blessing until his re- remains are returned to his proper resting place and they can charge up with his right. spiritual energy over how many however, years. However long, yeah, which is time we super do not have. So they, we've got to find an alternate solution. Yep. But they um, they, they come can't. up dry. Yeah. We, we come back. Nothing. They're like, we got nothing. We don't have time to wait for the ashes to get their energy back. So fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. And this time, Arun, is, is he's the one to talk her off the ledge. Um, he's like, you know what? I've seen her in action. And if my assessment of her abilities counts for anything, I'm confident we can proceed. Her like, being Jin's character. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, if his assessment of our abilities so or the my abilities. Warrior of Light. Correct. So, you know, and, and also we just we just got to do it. We have to do the ritual as is. Um, he can see he, he can he can hear the forest. He sense he's the most keenly aware of what's yep. going on. And he's like, we have like we've got like 30 minutes. OK, like this this is a problem. So we head to the guardian tree and circle around it to begin the ritual. It is right now. It is. It's like actively releasing its rancor into the atmosphere. Yeah, like, it's, it's like a, a it's purple like, energy. Yeah, it's just like it's it's. There's an odor coming yeah. off of it. So we start the ritual. Everyone channels this shimmering wave of energy into the tree. But as we do, a horde of angry creatures advances on us. Trents and crabs. Classic duo. Indeed. Well, we are in kind of like a creek. So I guess the crabs aren't totally <laughs> <Yep>. out of... <laughs> crabs got angry. <laughs> uh, so uh, one of the ancient oaks sneaks up behind us and... You know, Rhea O was like, watch out. And we turn around, we're like, oh shit. And suddenly, our soul crystal starts to just glow as all hell. And from the soul crystal, a strange voice says, Are you going to let some overgrown shrub ruffle your feathers? And whoever it is, it stops the tree in, in its tracks. What do you know? It's Ottawa Kant himself. Not in the flesh, but there he is. He looks in the flesh. He looks in the flesh. He's a little bit pale. I don't know if he this looks, is his natural coloration, but he's, he's kind of like like almost um, like albinistic. Yeah, you know, with the white hair and the really light blue eyes, and yep. yeah, he's extremely pale. So it, it could be like or a, maybe it's a, just age. You know, is he's yeah, hella old? Yep. So he's pale, white haired. No idea. Still looks twelve. Anyway, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, the Pajals are dumbstruck by their predecessor's appearance here. But he yells at them to get back to work. Yeah, we got we got no time. That's, we're so not going to we chat. Do. Don't worry about me. Uh, focus your energies on the ritual and dispatch these minions. This fight is somewhat creative for what it's trying to convey here. The tree gets a health bar. And I think this is kind of like a sanity meter um, because yeah. it takes damage over time from the green wrath. And we have to keep the tree healed while we fight off all these attackers. Yeah. If we and the Pajals are not teaming up on healing the tree, then it will lose more health than it gains back from our healing alone. Yep. That was my experience anyway. Yeah. So um, we fight the creatures. I had a regen on the tree in general. Same. Yeah. And then we, we fight the guys, go back, heal the tree. You're just trying to like, um, you know, keep it topped off in between waves. Yep. You know, it's, it's trying to distract you away from dealing with it. <laughs> This ended with kind of like a whimper, though, because after we kill the trees and crabs, then some sprites come out like little glowing wisps. Did you get hit by one of these things, Jen? I don't think so. Okay. I didn't get hit by them, but I assume that they blow up when they hit you because they are like the very slow moving 
fragile enemy that usually means that you're going to get fucked up if they touch you. Mm. I just like cast arrow on them and they Same. died in a couple dots. Yeah, they, they had like no health. Yep. Um, yeah, those were the bright wisps and that was the final wave. And then the fight ends. We did it. Once things calm down, we all channel our energy into the tree. It is quieted. Baby went to bed. And now we can finally talk to Atoa. Yeah, we're like, oh my god, it's you. Holy shit. Um, Rio asks, like, are you alive? Or and he's like, nah, I just borrowed some some of the Warrior of Light's strength over here to um, join you in this moment because, again, his his power and his blessing were required for this task. So he shows up. Um, so he kind of talks about before he died. You know, he lived he lived a really good life, but uh, his one regret uh, before passing away was never finding a worthy successor um, for his knowledge. So he. His soul slumbered inside that crystal for a really long time uh, until he sensed us at the guardian tree that first time. And he was like, finally, this is this is my successor. Here you go. Do good. Yeah. And then he kind of blinks out. Just like mid-conversation, he's like, oop, time's up. And then he floats upward and disappears in a burst of light. Bloop. It is literally an I have to go, my home planet needs me moment. <laughs> Mid-sentence is when he just starts to float up. Yeah. The siblings reflect on this for a moment. Then they have a learning experience. Raya recognizes that Arun's stubbornness comes from caring about traditions, but he could also learn a thing or two from Atoa's liberality. Yeah, she's just like, hey, we don't need to get all... We don't have to put all of our eggs in one basket. Like, you don't have to get all... You know, you don't have to dig in... Because it's something is suggested that exists outside, again, like the letter of the tradition. We can have a little bit more of an open-minded approach to this stuff. You know, what What I can respect is your, you know, your pride in who you are as a Bajal. And the, the weight of that responsibility for you. And also, um, Atwa, you know, the fact that, you know, he is, he is number one. And he did all of this shit that is not at all part of, quote-unquote, tradition. And see how well that worked out for him? It worked out great. So... You know, cool, great. You know, at least they learned this when they were twenty instead of two hundred, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I like like Connie Senna is is like they'll they'll be fine, they'll figure it out, right? So we return to Camp Tranquil, and Raya gives us some final words. She is joyful at having met Atoa in person, and he lives on through us. Indeed, the chess piece has now been imbued with his power. Yay. As for us, we have grown into a fine white mage. Just be sure to use your powers in moderation and to let compassion be your guide. And she finally gives us the super secret seed seer spell, Benediction, which is an instant full heal. Mm-hmm. The end. Ta-da. Still no husband. <laughs> So, Jen, thoughts? Uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, I, I like, I like the concept of the Great One, you know, this, this huge, the guardian tree. And if it were, if it were, if it were like a, like a guardian tree who like behaved as a tree, 
So not a lot of sentience there or like, you know, none. It's just, it's like operating on pure instinct. That I can understand. That makes sense. Like it's absorbing all sorts of, like it's it's sensing despair and loss and war and all of this stuff like passively because it's root system. It's it's like the, the fucking mother tree in Avatar. And it it's like a, it's like a, it holds like a recording. Uh, of of everything that is that has gone on and it will start to feel a certain way and somebody has to come in with sentience to like deal with that um so that that's cool that i like it's not it's not a new story really but um that i can wrap my head around i cannot wrap my head around a quote-unquote great one chilling inside this tree getting all like pissy and understanding that it's pissy, knowing why it's pissy, and refusing to do anything about it. Like, he's not going to therapy. He's not, <laughs> you know, doing any sort of self-soothing. He's not talking himself through it. Um, he's not engaging in any in any sort of, like, active intervention to stop the stuff that's going on. Or, you know, there's no community outreach. <laughs> he's just sitting in there being mad and knowing that he's mad and refusing to do anything about it. I hate that. White mages. Tree therapists. <laughs> yeah. I am frankly very disappointed. The quest is all Gordania elemental drama and no white magic. This is essentially a redux of the Conjurer quest line. And it is no different thematically from the Conjurer quest line, which is all about common, the, yeah, the elementals. Yeah. It's this is the only quest I think that just reuses the same story from the class quest like the beginning class quest every other job quest has given that job a separate identity sometimes yeah. not my favorite but it is given that job something distinct had separate characters and themes from the class quest yeah in this case though it's just conjurer all over again yep i think it was rena who we were talking about white mage stuff during those hard mode dungeon runs and um they said the exact same thing too i was like yeah <laughs> you get it. <laughs> it had been it had been so long since I had done it that I I couldn't be like yeah right. I just remember it being kind of wordy um, and wholly unsatisfying. Yeah, that, um, that's the, the summary of it. Because again, like you're not you're not put in any sort of like battle situation where you can behave as a healer, which is this is this is all you're going to do with this skill set. You're not going to be placating elementals in any way, shape, or form. It's it is you're not able to practice this shit. Like real world application for this stuff uh, as, as a warrior of light. I've had gripes beforehand with other job quests, also not actually practicing the theme of the job. Right. See, like paladin and warrior, you both don't really do anything that feels like. No, it's you're just kind of like there to you. You you exist inside this narrative. Yeah. Um. But in this one, though, it's beyond just not feeling like white mage. It also isn't about white mage. <laughs> it's. It treats white magic as pajal magic, and that's what it, it does in the story. Yeah. There is a brief bit of lip service to the white mages of old, but Amnipore is never mentioned by name. The story of the quest does not connect to the world story of white magic. Right. Wouldn't it be cool if like, there were some, I don't know, like marble ruins, and we could reanimate one of these statues, just like they did in Amnipore, to, to deal with the, the beasties, you know? Like let's let's use white 
white magic for what how they did it. Yeah. We'll outsource the, the fighting and then we can work on healing the trees. Yeah. Something like that. That would have been cool. This quest struck me as being so odd in terms of the disconnect that I actually went on a pretty fervent hunt through the um, 1.0 Final Fantasy archives for any white mage lore to see if the Amdapur connection had been retconned in with A Realm Reborn and if the writer was just working off old assumptions. Like, I, I thought it might have been some sort of like driving the bus while making it, which A Realm Reborn mm-hmm. was, in a sense, is my understanding. Right. Um, in terms of like developing its evolution while fixing the game overall. Um, so I was trying to give the writer the benefit of the doubt of maybe like they didn't have any like white mage story to go on. So they're just like, okay, elemental shit, because that's what existed in 1.0. And sadly, I couldn't locate any sort of Amdapur reference from the 1.0 days, though the deprecated 1.0 wiki page for White Mage says that it was practiced before humanity brought about the sixth calamity. So there was something back then about its history and it being forbidden, but they might not have actually written what caused that yet. Right. Um, or maybe they did and were keeping it in the back pocket for a future release. No idea. But as far as I can tell, the whole Amdapur thing is a 2.0 A Realm Reborn creation. If any veterans want to weigh in um, from the early days with their thoughts or knowledge, please do, because I came up dry trying to see if the history had been flushed out before A Realm Reborn. So next up, my search took me to Amdapur in A Realm Reborn, and the first Amdapur dungeon was available in version 2.0, emphasis on zero. So it's not like the writers came up with it after ARR dropped, right. and then there we go. There is the backstory. But also, it could have been that this was an early quest, so they had it baked before that got flushed out, and, and it is what it is. No time to go back and, and change things because we got to fix this shit. Yeah. Like, every, everything about the elementals so far has been confusing and disappointing uh and uh you know you're trying to you know it's not like we're we have to put things in a box but we're we're, there's there's no box there's no we don't know how these things operate or why they operate i mean we we see what they do but they're just so so nebulous and vague and they're they're all the things all at once whenever it's convenient yeah exactly that's it they they have they are there speaking in terms of function to give white mages and conjurers a task yeah. You know, whatever the job quest needs to do is what the elementals do. It's just, they're just MacGuffins. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Because yeah, that's why it just, it feels totally like incomplete and unsatisfying. Yep. You know, you just, you just have to hand wave all that away and just do the thing and don't think about it, which never, which is like <laughs> not why we're here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then that brings me to the way that the white magic history is treated in the quest line. And if we ignore all the kind of meta contextual stuff about game development and um, the history of Final Fantasy XIV and so on, and just look at it in the context of people in the world, the Pajals are still obscuring the dark past of white magic from us. The question is, where does that come from? Raya tells us briefly about this thing, but when she describes the art, she talks a lot about how it's protective and not to misuse it. I wonder, is this the elementals who are driving this kind of misinformation and this kind of... I she, only more... knows, she only knows what she knows. Right. So it could either be coming from her and the other Pajals, or it could be coming from the elementals, period, in terms of them just not communicating, or maybe they can't communicate, um, still kind of nebulous as to what they can and can't do, really. Maybe 
elementals say, you know, white magic bad, use with caution, here's some soul crystals, go figure it out. There's some break in the information flow from the truth to us, our characters, and I'm not clear on where that is exactly. We also don't know exactly how, like, so the first Pajal, his meeting, their meeting with uh, the elementals to be like, all right, dude, you got some horns on your head. Let me explain why. Yep. Okay, this is who you are. Um, I do not think it was any sort of, like, explicit sit-down conversation between uh-huh. the elementals and their, you know, the interviewee. I think that was something that needed to be kind of sussed out it's like a you know like oh my god society sees this creature born like what is this and there's probably some kind of i don't know some weird messaging some etheric readings um uh and then then maybe like noticing uh some special abilities as the pajal child grows up and so like it, it i don't it could not have been explicitly stated back then i, I think they had to come up with their own reason I don't think that they kind of learn this art just by being a Pajal. I'm pretty sure that they would have had to learn from a soul crystal or something similar. The first one. Right. So again, it wasn't like, here's your first soul crystal. Yeah. This is how and why you're going to use it. Like they they were probably having to like pull a whole bunch of shit and figure it out. Like this, this seems correct. You know, like they're going to have to detective it out. What we know is that Raya knows something of the history. So some info oh, sure. drop happened I mean, at some point. That that is going to be well documented. That whole thing. She and she knew she knew like why people reached out to magic. She knew why black magic became a thing, and that's why white magic became a thing. We get told two stories by them, though. One is the whole story of caution, and one is the whole um, white magic is good and benevolent and the art of healing and sucker. Which in practice. Yes, it is, obviously, because that's how it's practiced today. But I I kind of feel like they're indoctrinating us into a revised philosophy of white magic. Oh, sure. It's like these are these are the Ten Commandments of white majory. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. Like, all right, we'll 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 take that into consideration. The last thing, Jen, the thing you mentioned at the start here as to why do you need white magic to make the elementals calm down? <clears throat> that is the biggest question mark like they they have the foresight and the 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 thought process to like i said outsource this process but But, they don't have the power to handle it handle their shit so here are some things white magic did not exist before the fifth astral era and the elementals did and they explicitly forbade the amdapori people from entering the black shroud so there was no contact of white magic and the elementals until the Pajals started using it, right. as far as we know. Right. It seems that more or less the first Pajals began practicing this spell, um, th- this school of magic, and used it to quiet the elementals. But they are the second known tenants of the Twelve's Wood, the earlier ones being the Ixal, who definitely had no white magic. So what... If the Ixal fulfilled a similar function as the um, Pajals do in terms of doing these rituals and, and so on, what do they use? It, it wasn't white magic guaranteed. So what do they do and why Why do we need white magic now to do this thing that makes the elementals be quiet? I don't know. Um, that's a good question for looking into like the history of the Ixal before they were split into Thralls of Garuda. And how were they interacting with their environment? 
Were, was there a magic of their own they, they were using that has just since been lost to time, like their wings? I'm sure that they had some sort of magic because it seems like most peoples of the world had their own kind of individual arts. Right. Yeah, it was probably very like rudimentary, um, kind of like, you know, like voodoo, like mysticism uh, of their own. And but, you know, when they when they lost their their privilege of flight, you know, so they they've had major losses of their own. So that that might be something that they were doing that they've completely lost touch with as a people. We, we don't know. Right. We can infer something was done because if the elementals need this treatment and we assume it's not a new phenomenon as of the um, founding of Gridania, then the Excel had to do something. And maybe there's always been some chumps who do something to service the elementals since in, in the beginning some, of time. In some way, yeah. yeah. Just, just, I guess, you know, and it, if you're living in the in the wood, it makes sense that you would be far more attuned to its moods. Maybe maybe it's a, it's a general, like, placating of the, the individual inhabitants of the forest, so individual trees, individual um, creatures, things like that, where they can sense uh, discord. Uh, so they're kind of like, it's it's preemptive it's, it's it's preventative maintenance that they're doing on these things the elementals probably aren't like oh, there's a tree over there that's mad now i'm mad um so i guess if you let the like the general un unwellness of these things continue and then it's just going to pass on to the next tree and then the next tree and then now you have like half a forest that's real mad for some reason um <laughs> and then the elementals are like what and then there's you know then you have to do some real big moves to get everybody to quiet down again so all that aside, ignoring the gripes, this is a great way to get to know these two characters, um, Raya O and Arun. They appear later on as well. And I think we don't get much in the way of FaceTime except this quest itself. Yeah. Arun has a nice little arc. Yeah. I mean, I I'd call it fine, ultimately. I ignoring gripes about oh, the sure. elementals and about the treatment of white magic in the quest line. It's It's a quaint story. It's... Once again, it's more about the um, the NPCs than our character, as in it's kind of like Arun's growing up story. Sure. Where, where he becomes wiser and more tolerant as a result of his experiences. And then we learn about the Pajal some more and also their ancestor, Atoa. Yeah. It's not worthy of a job quest in terms of what I think we experience, but it's also on par with some of the job quests of A Realm Reborn. In terms of kind of just telling a short story about these people and their relationships. Basically, yeah. We're just there to check it all out. We're there as a catalyst for them to grow, pretty much. Yeah. Glad we could help. Yep. But I do like it when a jobstone has an actual history, like Atoa's jobstone here. Yeah, it's it's a literal repository of all of his knowledge. It, that serves an actual fucking function. And that is the stone that we carry forward forever as a white mage. Yep. Give us our cool trader jobstone paladin quest. <laughs> Not the mass manufactured garbage we get swapped out for. Yeah. Yeah. Any other comments today, Jen? Uh, nope. Okay. Well, next time we will be concluding the White Magic series with a visit to the outer keep of Amdapur called Amdapur Keep <laughs> in both normal and hard mode. See you then. And that will do it for today's episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, you got some ways to do that. We have we have a Discord. 
uh, check the show notes and get in there. And um, we do uh, group runs every so often, um, ocean fishing. And also you can just, you can chat, share screenshots, uh, your G poses, whatever. Or if you want to shoot us an email, uh, you can do that at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh, hope you have a good day or night and we will see you next time.